From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Radio studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Police in San Francisco say the investigation into the murder of tech mogul and Cash App founder Bob Lee still in the very early stages. Officers finding the 43-year-old father of two fighting for his life after he was stabbed multiple times outside of a luxury apartment building early Tuesday morning. He was rushed to the hospital where he later died. So the 300 block of Maine, I don't know exactly know where that is, said to be a uh, luxury apartment complex? Mm-hmm. In San Francisco. In San Francisco. I would say this because it's 2.35 in the morning. As a guy who used to walk around San Francisco at 2.35 in the morning all the time, back in my drinking days and when we were uh, in San Francisco all the time for work um, and on the weekends and I was just there all the time, uh, it is scarier now at two in the afternoon in the nice areas than it used to be in the sketchy areas at two in the morning. It actually is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was not quite the night owl you were, but yeah, coming through the tenderloin at 11 o'clock at night back to, you know, wherever I happened to be going, that happened all the time. It was fine. You know, it's a city. You got to keep your eyes yeah. uh, open. But and, and daytime was fine. Now, oh, sure. Now, daytime is scary. Nighttime is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, friends and family are mourning the loss of the young father, again, 43-year-old man, uh, the latest murder victim in San Francisco, although San Francisco is not nearly as as shooty and horrible as, for instance, the Chicago or St. Louis or uh, Philadelphia or something like that. Um, It's more death from overdose and rampant property crime in San Francisco, but it's still tragic. And this poor Bob Lee had moved away from San Francisco because it had gotten so sketchy and ugly under uh, radical uh, DAs and prosecutors who don't believe in crime and decided to leave, but was back on business and ends up getting stabbed to death. 
Yeah, yeah, really unfortunate. Uh, play 51. This, go ahead, Michael. Lee's father posting this heartbreaking note about his son on Facebook. Quote, I just lost my best friend, my son. Bob would give you the shirt off his back. He would never look down on anyone and adhere to a strict no-judgment philosophy. Um, I don't... I don't have any need i don't know this guy uh i didn't know him um it's interesting that his dad made that statement i fear that bob lee may have been one of those people who ignored their instincts when approached by somebody that their instincts were telling them be very careful here but because of his never judging people and you know that attitude his dad just described i wonder if he if he wandered into danger or permitted danger to get way too close to him. A lot of people are saying this. One of Lee's colleagues blaming San Francisco's former DA and local lawmakers, quote, Chesa Boudin and the criminal-loving city council that enabled him and a lawless San Francisco for years have Bob's literal blood on their hands. Take action. It's the same story we've been hearing about with Bragg in New York and in Chicago and lots of different areas in Los Angeles, obviously. In San Francisco, where you just you don't believe in that kind of crime, you know, people only do that because of the desperation of the awfulness of capitalism and blah, blah, blah. And so you we, see these offenders climb up the ladder of brutality and horror and are turned loose and turned loose and turned loose until somebody is dead or maimed and psychologically damaged for life. And then finally you say, well, okay. After they've told you repeatedly who they are over and over again, and and th- just the outrage, the the rage of the population forces even the Marxists to say, "Wow, we're we're going to have our cover blown, get recalled if we don't do this one." So we'll do this one. So I won't tell my whole story, but uh, a homeless guy uh, started screaming at my family that he was going to uh, kill me, kill my kids, uh, rape my wife, all this different sort of stuff. One time. Uh, outside of a restaurant, and he's in prison now to skip to the end of it. Uh, luckily, he did not have a weapon. He he pretended he did. He reached into his jacket, and I thought he was either going to pull out a knife or a gun, and and, and it was going to really be on. Uh, it was awful. It was one of the worst experiences I've ever gone through. But when I went and talked at a city council meeting about it, there were all kinds of speeches about how wrong it is to judge these street people before you know who they are. They're just down and out to assume they might be dangerous or a criminal. And I think you're nuts if you walk by anybody on the street who looks sketchy and you don't walk by kind of looking over your shoulder to see if they're following them, to fo- if they're following you every single time. I think you're nuts if you don't do that. But I know lots of people who think that's horrifying that you would assume they might be dangerous just because they're on the street. What a beautiful example of ideas so stupid only an intellectual could hold them. Um, I, as the uh, husband of a wife who worked um, a fair amount through the years and uh, the dad of a couple of daughters, now adults, um, I was fairly up on uh, women's self-defense issues. And one theme that you heard repeated over and over and over again, it was truly universal. Ladies, trust your instincts always trust your instincts if a parking lot looks sketchy to you 
Listen to your voice, that voice inside you. If a person approaching you makes you nervous, it's because you should be nervous. Listen to that instinct. And the intellectuals and, and radical progressive types are telling you, turn off those instincts. You end up like this poor son of a gun. Right, because I had talked about uh, not using bike paths or anymore or certain streets or certain parks because of the, the street population. And, uh, and that's awful to assume these people might be dangerous and judge them that way. I'll never forget this woman telling this story at the city council meeting about, I was uh, pulling into a parking spot, and a guy in a suit, he thought that he, that parking spot was his first, and he started yelling at me. So I was scared of him. You can't tell. He was more scary to me than a, a person on the street. So you can't tell by looking at somebody who's dangerous and who's not. That's That was their actual story. You're an idiot. <laughs> well, yeah, well... Well, and you live in a college town, so the depth of crazy is, well, deep. This was, a, this was like a woman in her 50s, though. Um, the, 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 it's an ideology. It's a, it, and I, I don't, it's weird. Well, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. College towns have like 80-year-olds on down who believe this stuff because universities are just rife with that sort of thinking. It's not the, just the kids. But this, this ideology that... If you look over your shoulder because you're worried that that guy rocking back and forth, muttering to himself on the corner, you want to see if he's following you. You're doing something wrong by doing that because you've judged that person is insane. Yeah. Yeah. I got my hair cut the other day, tried a new place, and uh, there was a mentally ill guy uh, who was outside and like started to talk to me as I was walking in. And I didn't realize it. So I just kept walking. But then he came inside for his haircut and was yelling at himself for 10 minutes before he finally sat down in the chair. And everyone, I felt so sorry for the poor woman who was cutting her hair, cutting his hair, rather. Um, and I found myself thinking, if this guy grabs a pair of scissors, what's going to happen? And no, I'm not some sort of moron who assumes that everybody with a chemical imbalance in their brain is prone to violence. Because I don't think that. But I know that he is not moored to the same set of of ethics and, and behaviors that the rest of us are because the poor bastard is mentally ill. But mental illness can express itself in so many different ways. You've got to be a little bit cautious. And, and it was just, it was a bad scene and an uncomfortable scene. And the idea that I'm somehow a bad person because I was more concerned than if the guy next to me had been chuckling and talking about the NBA playoffs... You're denying reality. You're you speaking of being unmoored from reality. You're unmoored. Get moored. So we've got this guy Bobbly stabbed to death, and I don't know if because he's well known, a big deal, it's getting national attention. You know, this happens to regular piece and people on a fairly regular basis, and doesn't get near the headlines. Maybe this will get enough attention. Now it'll be interesting to see who stabbed him to death. They'll probably catch the person. It'll be interesting to see what the story is on it. Hey, Michael, give us 56 and 57 back-to-back, would you? I actually live right where he got killed, and I used to walk there all the time at night, and uh, I did start slowly feeling less and less safe. The 43-year-old was apparently attacked around 2.30 a.m. Tuesday while walking down a street in San Francisco's Rincon Hill neighborhood, an area described as residential and typically quiet. A local reporter says he viewed nearby surveillance video of the sidewalk not yet made public. He seems to lift his shirt up as he approaches a car that is stopped on the corner uh, 
with its flashers on. The car then drives away. He falls to the ground. He gets up again and then walks back on Main the way he came, but on the other side of the street and, and falls down. He collapsed and died a short time later. Yeah. Well, that was just grim and sad. Yeah. But uh, the guy saying that the uh, it's become, you know, scarier and scarier. Yeah, it sure has. It sure has. So I read some analysis of the uh, Chicago mayoral election in the New York Times, which uh, it was ridiculous and ungrounded in reality by the New York Times standards, explaining the uh, election of the new progressive, more progressive than Lori Lightfoot mayor. I, I shudder to think about all the victims of, of violent crime in the future in Chicago. Those people who, who are getting up for work today, walking the streets, going to their jobs, coming home from school later this afternoon, who have no idea that they're going to be among the hundreds and hundreds of victims of violent crime because a new, you know, uh, people only do crimes because their downtrodden guy has gotten elected. It's sad when you think about it, but... Enough said. So we've got this story. Yeah, it's a lot of grim. Uh, we got this story about uh, Chat GPT being sued. Yeah, could really change the way people look at laws around that. Also, I got some new information on imposter syndrome, which is one of my favorite syndromes because I, I I have it. I have it at the at the tenth degree. Uh, I'm a tenth degree black belt imposter syndrome guy. Wow. Um, uh, if you've never heard of that, it's maybe you've got it too. Among other things, on the way. Armstrong and Getty. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Trump is facing 34 felony counts because of hush money payments he made to porn star Stormy Daniels and Playboy model Karen McDougal. But get this, Trump also reportedly paid off a doorman who claimed to know about a secret child he fathered. Ooh. 
So Trump paid hush money to a porn star, a Playboy model, and secretly fathered a child. He sounds less like the former president and more like a former member of Motley Crue. I, I... <laughs> um, uh, got more on that. So a devastating piece in Politico and in the New York Times about Bragg's plan. And uh, yeah, so it's going further that direction. 48 hours into this. So stay tuned. Am- I, f- I found one guy like on one cable show that said, oh, no, these are good charges. They must have just had to say, hey, Jim. We need you to come in and say the charges look good to you. We're gonna we need one somebody. Person, yeah, uh, we've talked about imposter syndrome many times over the years since we first learned about it. Mostly, I'm interested in it because I have it uh, so much, and that's just the idea that in a variety of settings, this particular article I have here focuses on the workplace. Uh, but in a variety of settings, you feel like you're an imposter that you are. Um, uh, uh, looking like, acting like much more successful or competent than you actually are. Uh, It's funny that they focus on the workplace in this because that's like the one place I don't have imposter syndrome is at work. I feel competent enough at work that I'm pretty much as I am described. But um, We'll we'll have a vote of the staff after the show. (laughs) But out in the real world, I definitely (laughs) have it. I, I wear a suit all the time now. I feel like, honest to God, that I walk down the street in a suit and people look over and say, why is that guy wearing a suit? What is that guy doing in a suit? That's not a guy who wears a suit. That's not a wow, suit Wow, how guy. interesting. I know. Huh. I can walk into, even at this point in my life, I can walk into any sort of like bank or car dealership or anything like that and think, they're like, what is that guy doing here? He can't afford to buy a car here. Interesting. I know. I don't know where it comes from either. I don't have that much. Good for you. Not everybody does have it. Anyway, women, according to a new study, are more likely to suffer from imposter syndrome at work. Half of women have experienced this feeling of unfounded self-doubt and competence and being underqualified, despite having the skills to do the job. Like, you rationally think, no, no, I have the skills to do this job, but, like, your feeling is, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fraud, I guess is a good way to describe it. About half of women have that at work. Wow. Can I can I take a moment and put a brotherly arm around your shoulder, ladies? You're fine. You're just fine. Women are most likely to experience this feeling in the workplace, 72%. In school, 29%. And when they're out with friends, 29%. Uh, out with friends, that's where I have it the worst. Um, just like out socially, that's where I have my imposter syndrome the worst. No doubt about it. Uh, so you feel like you can't live up to what being one of the popular kids or I don't know. And it's not like with my friends that I think they're looking at me though. It's just like if I'm, if I, if I, I don't ever do this anymore. I haven't, I haven't been out with friends in like 15 years, so I don't even know what that feels like. But, um, if I were ever to do that, uh, uh, like, you know, I'm picturing sitting at a tabletop at a sports bar again, something I haven't done in many, many, many years. Mm-hmm. I would feel like I'm a phony. Which is weird. You know, yeah. I, I That's the one place I think I have something like it in that I I feel like I'm not sure I can fit in. Mm. Just because, you know, I don't, I'm not good at g- guy small talk. I want to talk about topics and subjects and issues and stuff like that. And I'm not saying I'm better than anybody. I wish I could do the other thing. But so I guess maybe that's imposter syndrome. So you want to talk about the basketball game. Joe wants to talk about Proust. He's dumbing it down for you. I wouldn't know if Proust wandered into the bar and threw a drink in my face. Ah, I would like to talk about geopolitics. He's pretending to enjoy the mozzarella sticks, but he wishes it was caviar. 
can we talk about the balance between order and liberty? Speaking of that sort of thing, so I'm at this uh, restaurant yesterday because this cheeseburger my son really, really likes, and he's been wanting to go back. It was the one with I the am on- willing to talk about cheeseburgers. It was the one with an onion ring on top, and he said it was the best cheeseburger oh. he'd ever had. But anyway, we went back, and uh, a, a couple and their kid in a booth like next to us dropping F-bombs like crazy. Remember, oh. I had this experience with a couple of old men recently at a, at a diner. Anyway... This is a mom and dad with their, like, five-year-old son who wasn't really paying attention to the F-bombs for mom and dad because he had a tablet, and he was watching a TV show while they're at a restaurant with mom and dad. Wow. And I just, I asked the waitress, I said, can we move over there? Just like, ah. So I had a long talk with my son about that, fact, the fact that the kid is not plugged into the family conversation at all and the F-bombs and how they all fit together and why the kid is going to grow up to act like the parents are acting, et cetera, et cetera. Wow. Oh, yeah. Rough scene. Uh, If you missed an hour of the show, grab the podcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800 334 for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Regardless of what side, what party you're in, regardless of anything, it's just really sad that a former president is getting indicted. Well, there is a sadness, I I think, uh, that we got to this point in America. Well, it is a sad day for America. It's a new low for the American presidency. It's not a celebratory night. It is a serious night. And a somber moment for our country. Really, this should be a somber moment, right? Well, somebody today said, yeah, this is a very sad day. And I think that is true because you're seeing a former president in the dock. All right. (laughs) I have a comment on that montage, but I don't want to steal your thunder. Well, go ahead. I got no thunder. They act like it was a weather phenomenon or an earthquake or something that just happened. No, people decided this should happen and did it. Right. 
You know, it is worth pointing out, and I think this is interesting. Very few people doubt, I think, that Trump had an affair with Stormy Daniels and the Playmate, right? I don't think there are many people that... No, in fact, I find it odd that Trump continues to deny it, but I think that's for Melania's benefit. Because yeah, sure. if you're a rich guy who has you know, a girlfriend across town, the one deal you strike is you will not humiliate me. No, I, yeah, I completely get that. I, I yeah. can't imagine having that kind of relationship, but I, I can get that if you had that kind of relationship. Yeah, you can't go around talking about it. Right. I mean, that's, um, but I don't think that there are many people denying that he did it, and no. it's just worth pointing out that it wasn't very many years ago. In fact, I'd say 2015 and back, Any presidential candidate, especially a Republican presidential candidate, you would have been done. Not a chance you even keep running for another day if a story came out that you had had an affair with a playmate or something. True. You're just, that'd be it. Because we had a standard, rightly or wrongly, and I'm not even judging at this point because I'm not sure. Um, But we had a standard up until just a couple of years ago that that was not okay. We wanted we we had different character expectations for our presidents. I don't know how that changed so fast, but it, I mean, it clearly is just completely not a question anymore. Probably worth pointing out that it wasn't terribly long before that era that nobody cared or even asked the question. Right. Yeah. So it was a brief period in between where presidents were doing that sort of thing, but the press and the press would know about it, mm-hmm. but they wouldn't tell us about it so there's that weird period in between where the press would tell you about it and ruin you yes like uh, gary hart running for president in 88 uh likely would have been the democratic nominee um sex scandal brought him down because he had an affair with just like a, a consensual affair with just a regular woman mm-hmm that was enough to, and he had to lie about it and run around and finally got caught and people dug up pictures from a distance on the boat and stuff like that and ruined him. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant guy, too. I happen to hear a talk he gave on foreign policy several years after that, but anyway. But isn't that interesting that it changed so fast? Yeah, yeah. Well, it was... Uh, or did yeah. it change for everybody? It's like a sine wave, up and down and then up again. Did it change for everybody or only Trump? Like if... Um, we'll pick any of the other, if DeSantis, it turns out DeSantis had a, had an affair with a playmate at some point. I don't think that bothers, I don't think it would have any effect on him either. I don't know. Depends on their image. Depends on what they're selling. If it undermines what they're selling, then it might hurt them. But Trump was never selling some sort of moral purity. He was selling, uh, this is a China shop full of hypocrisy and I'm a bull. Yeah. Anyway, that's an interesting development. So as far as the actual case, Politico has two stories. I'm reading from Mark Halpern here, who has put together some of the best writing about this. Politico has two stories yesterday about how flawed the case is to the minds of many legal eagles, but focus on the devastating New York Times op-ed piece by a professor. And we all know the New York Times would not put this piece in there. If they uh, if their if their woke uh, newsroom crowd didn't like it, and he and he, he makes it pretty clear in some of his writing that he's not a Trump fan. But this is what this legal professor writes in the New York Times: Tuesday was historic for the rule of law in America, but not in the way Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan district attorney, would have imagined. The thirty-four count indictment, which more accurately could be described as thirty-four half indictments, was a disaster. 
It was a setback for the rule of law and established a dangerous precedent for prosecutors. That's the opening paragraph in an op-ed in the New York Times. Wow. And then he gets into the Trump is going to use this to allow it to more norm violating and that sort of stuff. Getting into the whole Trump is the dangerous person and we've only made him more dangerous. But that doesn't get away well, from the fact that I he... I don't know. He didn't indict himself. <laughs> How do you blame him? This law, Well, because you have to if you're a never-Trumper. But um, the case appears so weak on its legal and jurisdictional basis that a state judge might dismiss the case and mitigate the damage. Like, this guy is hoping that a state judge throws it out before it goes any further and makes things worse. Isn't that something? More likely, the case is headed to federal court for a year, where it could lose on the grounds of federal preemption. Only federal courts have jurisdiction over campaign finance and filing requirements. Even if it survives a challenge that could reach the Supreme Court, a trial would most likely not start until at least mid-2024, possibly even after the 2024 election, says this guy. So then the Washington Post also takes a look at the weakness of the case and the calendar and talks about how the judicial and political calendars are on a collision course. I'll skip down to that part. Um, uh, talking to uh, various lawyers, judges, prosecutors, that sort of thing on the timing of this sort of thing and challenges They said it was, in the Washington Post, hard to imagine a scenario where the case would be tried before the 2024 election. So what are we doing here? Well, I was just going to say, I think if people are picturing Trump there in the dock saying, you'll never take me alive, uh, the idea of that happening at all is kind of a stretch. But uh, there are going to be so many hearings and 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 the judge ordering uh, arguments on this that and the other they are going to litigate so many different points that are significant uh, before anything actually gets started in terms of a trial i mean the the very question of the the compounding of the misdemeanors into a felony the jurisdictional questions the uh, statute of limitations stuff and you're going to have buildings full of lawyers all making $700 an hour um profiting off of this stuff for endless months endless months until i suspect the judge says this is ridiculous we're through here um i could certainly be wrong um but this is going to be a very, very long, tedious litigating of, of side issues for a very long time. Well, we're we're in the fourth month. The election is in November. So we're looking at a year and seven months till the election. And both the Washington Post and New York Post and New York Times analysis is it'll likely be after that. Yeah. After a year and seven months from now? Wow. If it happens. If it happens. Yeah. Holy cow. That's not the way I think. That's certainly not the way I think it was sold to a lot of your anti-Trump people leading up to this thing on Tuesday. No, indeed. And uh, I mean, but they've got to be seeing the headline in the New York Times, and I don't have it in front of me, but it was something to the effect of uh, on all sides, uh, reaction to the charges has been highly unenthusiastic. Right. So do you think most mainstream lefties are hoping this goes away at this point? That it does get taken down? Interesting question. I don't know. As that law professor say, said, mitigating the damage? Like if a state judge would throw it out just to end this thing? 
Yeah, yeah, that's a that's quite a quote. Uh, yeah, I don't. The average died in the wool Democrat voter. I have no idea. Among the like media elite, it's pretty clear what's happening. Does Alvin Bragg know that he's got everybody on his side against him? Of course, your theory is he's a Marxist radical who wants to tear down the system, so he doesn't care. Right, right. Whereas I, Jack, I'm just a man who wants a nice meal in the evening. He says, transitioning to a quick word from our friends at HelloFresh. I can't remember. Judy and I were talking about which HelloFresh meal we're going to have tonight, but I'm sure it'll be delicious. You know, families with kids, HelloFresh is great for you. But I'm telling you, if you're an empty nester, it's just you and your sweetheart. The variety, the yumminess, you can work together on the meals. Love HelloFresh. Yeah, we talk a lot about the, you know, it's a din- dinner time, evening, long day. What are you going to come up with? But HelloFresh is not just for dinner. In fact, HelloFresh has you covered for every mealtime occasion, from snacks throughout the day to easy lunches to seasonal celebrations, festive gatherings. Easter's coming up. Maybe you come up with something for that. Healthier, easier, save you time, uh, variety. It's great. Sign up today for 50% off, plus your first box ships free with code Armstrong50 at HelloFresh.com slash Armstrong50. That's code Armstrong50 at HelloFresh.com slash Armstrong50. And you can cancel anytime you like. I mean, it's the modern thing. You're not signed up for the next three years. HelloFresh.com slash Armstrong50. Remember that code, Armstrong50. So... Speaking of politics, my, fin- my final that. statement on that would be, I can't believe where we are only 48 hours after that historic day. Even the Bigfoot lefty media is saying, ah, this is a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 48 hours later. Anyway, that's well, enough. Well, that. well, as we discussed yesterday, though, what is Alvin Bragg doing? Because politically... I have enormous problems with the guy, but it's not like he's mentally incapacitated. He's a, he's a smart man. So now certainly people are deluded by ideology all the time. And they do things that are patently stupid, um, even though they're you know, got a fair amount of candle power. But so I, I got to wonder what he's thinking. And like you said, my my final theory is that. He and people like him believe the system cannot be reformed. It needs to be torn down. It needs to be ended to end all the systemic racism and the capitalism, which is evil. His ilk believes capitalism, the free market itself is evil. Um, and to usher in the great people's socialist revolution, you need to break the system, That the cloward piven strategy of overwhelming the system, qualifying so many people for food stamps and free lunches and, and legal aid and a hundred other programs that the system breaks because it's unsustainable. And actually, they've got to be licking their chops as they think about the fact that Social Security is A, about to go broke, and Medicare too, uh, and B, nobody's willing to talk about it. So they got to be thinking, wow, this system is about to break. And then we get to usher in the great uh, socialist revolution. Anyway, um, so it's either that or, I mean, unless you can come up with a different idea, it's either that or he just got so far down the road, he felt more foolish abandoning the effort than he did bring in this half-ass set of charges. Right. I don't. I can't come up with another ex- explanation. I mean, it's such a stretch. Or oh, come on, the obvious one, Joe. Um, among his constituency, hardcore blue voters in Manhattan taking on Trump makes him a hero. Period. Uh, right. There's a lot of pivoting to the documents case. The classified documents case jack smith i wonder what his name was before 
uh, who's leading Has that Has anybody one. explained that? Yeah, uh, I think it was Swan from Axios went back and found some. Uh, so apparently, I saw several tweets from over the years. Anytime Trump references somebody named Smith, he then oh. says, I wonder what their name used to be. I guess it's a joke. If that is his real name. I guess it's a joke. That yeah, he's I've just made that always, joke about people named Smith, too. That he's just always done, and that's what he did the other oh, day. Okay. Pretty right. serious moment to throw that in, but whatever. But more <laughs> significantly, and you pointed this out yesterday, Trump pivoted to the documents thing. Yeah. Hardcore in his speech. He practically ignored his day in court. Not, not Well, that overstates it. He talked about it. But in terms of specifics and going on at length about a case, he talked way more about the documents. That's why I'm thinking the grim look on his face while he walked into a courtroom and sat in a courtroom was not about the case the judge was talking about. It was the information he'd just gotten in the last few hours about the classified documents case. Oh, yeah. my God. We're going to go through this whole thing again, like exactly the same way in a couple of weeks. Holy crap. So one reason Democratic voters tend to be delusional is the delusional nature of the coverage of politics in major newspapers. Five lessons for Democrats from victories in Wisconsin and Chicago is the story in the New York Times. It's 90% garbage. I'll point some of that out and Mm. and much more to come. 90% garbage. That's a lot of garbage. We're just wrong. It's too much. Uh, There's one thing I wanted to tease. What was that thing I was going to tease? It was something fun. Oh, no. Got an alligator story out of Florida. The real risk of AI. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. People suing AI. Other than harvesting your organs. (laughs) Anyway, it's on the way. Something's on the way. Stay here. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. It's Seamus Power, downhill, 
114 yards. There has not been a hole in one yet today. That sure sounded like a hole in one word. This is Seamus Power on nine. Have the proper speed. It looks good. Seamus Power on back to back holes. He had back to back hole in ones? Yeah, that's on the par three tournament that they hold every uh, Tuesday of Masters Week on the gorgeous par three course there at scenic Augusta National Golf Club. That is quite amazing. That's stunning. Yeah, yeah. And that little par three golf course is breathtaking. Amazing. We have another TikTok challenge ruining America. The TikTok Kool-Aid challenge as kids are busting through fences, causing damage. (laughs) More on that. I thought it'd be Coming like up. drinking Kool-Aid. No, you're acting like the big TV commercial pitcher. <laughs> I don't I'm sorry. I'm not laughing. I don't understand <clears throat> why these things are TikTok challenges as opposed to just vandalism, but whatever. I would charge it as such. Yeah. I think people would get the message pretty quickly. What was the righteous snatch or whatever the hell the kid terminology was for stealing something from your school? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's theft of uh, public property. Enjoy juvie, son. I would uh, shake that up in a hurry. Huh? Spare the rod. Am I wrong? <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> I thought this was so interesting. I wish we had a little more time, but uh, we do uh, later on. Five lessons for Democrats from victories in Wisconsin and Chicago. They had an election for a Supreme Court justice in Wisconsin in which the liberal gal uh, won in a landslide. In a state where elections are regularly 1% or 2%, it is a very purple state. Um, And uh, I'm not shocked. Uh, I say this to my fellow conservatives and people who are troubled by abortion. Efforts to ban abortion are going to gin up Democratic votes like crazy and moderate votes, too. Where America is on abortion, we've talked about this many, many times, is that a huge majority of Americans are uncomfortable with abortion, um, but can accept it uh, in the first trimester, particularly early in the first trimester. And it looked like Wisconsin was going to ban it, completely citing an old-timey law. And the moderate people of of Wisconsin, men and women, and there's really not a man-woman divide in the polling on this, um, came out and said, no, we're not going to do that. That's too far. So as a political issue, I think, you know, complete bans are a loser. If you're driven by your moral uh, beliefs, I totally respect that. That's fine. I'm not going to try to talk you out of them. But so anyway, this gal uh, won the landslide. Um, So the Wisconsin uh, Supreme Court is going to go left now for a while. Uh, But the stuff in Chicago, the uh, interpretation uh, the New York Times went with, tough on crime has limits. Chicago, a deep blue city in a blue state where abortion remains legal. The dominant issue is in the mayor's race was crime and the tough on crime candidate. Uh, Paul Vallis, who lost to Mr. Johnson, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it shows there's a limit to how far. At no point in this longish article do the words public employee unions or teachers unions even get typed. Hmm. Absolutely absurd. And hilarious. Do you think they don't know it? or That would be a shocking level of ignorance for a political journalist. I don't know. Could they be that blind? Yeah, I suppose so. 
But there's more to be said about uh, public employee unions and the Democratic Party and what it means for America coming up next hour. I'm sure we can squeeze it in. Apple making more iPhones in India now. That's a big shift. Among other things we'll be talking about. If you missed an hour, grab the podcast Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 